I'm Andy Vinker, and this is Fit Pro Radio. Whether you're a fitness veteran or novice, this podcast is for you. I hope to share the good, the bad, and the real to help you fast track your career and help you find fulfillment and passion in the fitness industry. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fit Pro Radio. I am super excited. First, thank you, everyone, for your patience and support as these episodes have been like, we took a break for a second, we're back slowly, but surely we're probably going to take more breaks because that's the way life is, and that's okay. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for your support. Um, but I'm really excited to dig into this episode today because I have another special guest, Tiffany Herlin, and she is a therapist. She is, uh, I'm going to let you tell everyone all your things um, because you do a lot, but not only, I, I don't know you from the therapy world. I know you from the group fitness world. Um, we met teaching Zumba fitness and I actually met you before I taught Zumba fitness. I attended a couple of your classes um, way back in the day when Vasa was gold's in university <laughs> um, <laughs> here in Ulm, but we've, I've known you for probably 10 years, like my whole, yeah. my whole career at least. Um, and so it's been super fun to get to know you, not just as a group fitness instructor and a friend, but then also to have gotten to see your, your personal journey, as well as your clinical professional journey, as you have like grown and you're growing on Instagram and you're building your business that way. Um, but it's been so fun to learn from you and get to know you over the years. And I'm excited to have you here. So tell people who you are, tell us, tell us all the things. Okay, so I think a lot of people know me as Tiffany Silva. I am recently remarried, and so I go by Tiffany Silva Herlin. So you can call me Silva Herlin, Tiffany Tiff. It really doesn't matter. So, um, but that being said, I, like you said, I'm a group fitness instructor. I started back Oh, 2008, uh, getting into body pump and weightlifting and group fitness then back when Gold's was Gold's not Vasa. <laughs> I know I still call it Gold's to this day. <laughs> I've caught myself many times. And then one day someone said, hey, there's this really cool, you know, um, group fitness called Zumba. We're going to go try it out. I've danced my whole life. So I said, yeah, sure. I love dancing. Let's go do it actually uh, certified with Cass Martin back in the days, the Zumba queen, and she's amazing. And uh, so that's how I got into fitness. And then a couple years down the road, I knew I wanted to be a therapist. So group fitness and working out was for fun and therapeutic and a side hobby and hustle. And I went to get my master's in social work. So my official title is a licensed clinical social worker. So if you see that LCSW, that's what that stands for. So that's a little bit about my titles and my history. And I've been doing that since 2010. So actually two years after I started group fitness. Nice. And so. your mom, you have a you yep. have a dog too, your dog mom and, and mom to little girls. They're so cute. And, and where... And we can go in later, but where can people follow you so we can start like stalking you yeah. while we listen to this episode? Because you guys are going to want to follow Tiffany. There's two places. One's a little more private and I have, you have to say, send an invite, but I do post a little more about my fitness world on there, which is choose joy underscore Tiffany. But the big one that's open that I'm really feeling strong about raising my voice and realizing there's a need is real talks with Tiff. 
on Instagram. I also post it on Facebook. And it is a mental health platform to help women and men uh, find balance and um, it with their mind, body and emotions and really be able to connect all three of those and to use my clinical experience, my personal experience and my group fitness experience to help people find healing and balance in their lives and to share the tools that I've learned that I feel like should be readily available to everybody. Yeah. And you do a really good job of that. I think on, I, I love seeing your content. It's really fun. And it's a really great way to not even just like, like to do all the things that you said, but then also I think finding self-acceptance in so many different phases of our lives. Cause I think a lot of times we hear the words like self-love or like self-care. And sometimes I feel like those words are almost overused that we don't really know what we're, what we're talking about or what we're supposed to feel, or it sounds like an ideal but being able to find that acceptance and you do a really good job of teaching that so we can achieve that self-love in whatever season we're in and self-acceptance through like dancing out our stress or whatever it may be. It's super fun. So everybody go follow Real Talks with Tiff and choose joy underscore Tiffany. But thank you for that intro. I'm super excited to dive in. Um, I'm most excited about this conversation because not only are you like you see the side of the clinical side of this work, but then also as a group fitness instructor, you've had plenty of experience in dealing with the, the natures that we have in the group fitness world, whether it's competition or comparison, or it could be, you know, like body image or diet culture. Like you, you see it and you see it on both sides, which is so, so fun, overwhelming and all the things. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So first, like talk to me about your experience and how you have found that balance. Let's, let's start with group fitness. Okay. And I would love to hear like your experience. Let's start with comparison. Cause that's a big one that our, our listeners struggle with. So what yeah. have you learned in your own experience with comparison? Cause I think you're still human. Contrary to popular belief, you're superhuman, but, <laughs> so, but you still have like some human aspects that you've probably experienced problems with comparison. So how do you work through that in group fitness and clinically? Like, let's start with like human side and then doctor side. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I just want to go give 2008 Tiff a big hug when she started group fitness, because there were so many times when I started that I took classes that were like 6am in the morning and really crap times and had to hustle my way for classes and would mess up in the middle of class and be like, Oh, but I just want to be like this one instructor and beat myself up and compare. And I just want to go back to that, that younger Tiff and just hug her and be like, you're doing the best you can right now. And you're actually rocking it. And this was before I really started diving into the therapy world. I had had exposure in my undergrad yet. I hadn't really, gained the ability to apply what I've learned and really dive in deep. I think in regards to comparison, when you are first starting out, whenever I have an instructor come up to me and say, I want to start teaching, I often will tell them, take it one day at a time. Don't compare yourself to someone who's been teaching for 10 years. And the interesting thing that I found along my journey, um, can I back up just like 
back to high school real quick. Yeah. Let me, I'll make it short, but, um, I danced my whole life and I wouldn't say I was like this professional dancer, but I loved it. And I found joy in movement and I knew I was, I was somewhat good at it. I was nothing great, but I was, I had fun doing it and that's what mattered, but I was not athletic. And so I got into cross country back in high school. And one thing that it taught me that has forever shaped my life is that I didn't have to compare myself to someone else during that moment. I didn't, the team wasn't depending on me to run a certain speed. In fact, I had severe asthma. And when I started, I was the last person in the back out of 300 people wheezing and passing out with my inhaler and my friend catching me at the body, like the finish line. To the point where at the end of the season of my senior year, I didn't make varsity, although I had a goal to, I made junior varsity and I finished 15th out of 300 people at the end of the year with my friends still catching me at the end with my inhaler wheezing. But one thing I learned is that when I am, am not comparing myself to others and it's me against myself and trying to get better each day against myself, that's when I succeeded. And that's what finally clicked. You would think I could have taken that into the group fitness world, but it took me some time to learn. And that's okay. We're human. The learning process is of up and down, two steps forward, one step back process. And I think giving ourselves mercy and grace to make mistakes. And when I stopped comparing myself to other teachers or trying to be like other teachers or comparing my numbers to other teachers, and showing up to class and realizing I love teaching and I'm actually good at teaching. And if I have one person show up in my class today and we get to dance and have fun, I'm a successful teacher. And when I started grasping that confidence of myself, I it changed my world of being a group fitness instructor. It went from me not leaving class and going home and crying to being like, I had one person show up today. We had a blast and she had two left feet and was terrible. And guess what? I got to teach her how to dance. And I hope she left feeling more confident than ever. And that's all that matters. I love that. And I think that's, you like hit so many important points with that. Like I know, especially when we're, when we get started, I, I know I've had times in my career when I maybe even took over a class for a really popular instructor, which is terrifying a terrifying oh so terrifying especially if you like you don't have a name in that area yeah like no one knows no one cares they just know that they love the previous instructor and now it's not them anymore and I know that I've had people come up to me sometimes in the middle of class in the middle of class I'll be like grab a drink and they'll be like you don't teach very much like that person can you teach more like them oh and and I remember that happening like two specific instances in two completely different gyms. Once I was subbing and I had learned a lot better, way more resilient to be like, you know, I'm not like them. You're totally right. But if you give me a shot, you might like what you see. And maybe if you don't, it's okay. They'll be back next week. But then the other one, I remember being like, yeah, it's kind of different. Everyone done getting a drink? Like, let's go. (laughs) Like, I didn't know what to do. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's hurts a little bit. Um, But then the more you show up, just like you said, the more you can try and, and change that mindset. Like it's hard when someone external is saying like, you're really not as good as this person. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then like being able to like build that resilience and, and own, you know, like I've done the work, I'm prepared to give you a really great class and I'm here 
maybe I'm exactly opposite of whatever this instructor brought to the table, but I can still bring value and maybe you're not my person and maybe I'm not your person and that's okay because we're going to find who we belong to and who we like the most and we're going to be able to serve more people in our capacity of like owning who we are versus Mm -hmm. trying to be somebody else. Yeah, it's funny. I actually had a class one time this big, huge time instructor. I subbed for them. I was like postpartum my first day back um, from having a baby. I was like stoked. I was like, I, and they were going to like leave this class. And I showed up. I found out that um, the people in the class had, had sent out a word around before the class um, that a sub was coming and who it was and half the class didn't show up. And I was devastated. So I think I agree when you can show up in your own authenticity and your own worth and confidence, it doesn't matter if those things happen or not, because the reality is it has nothing to do with you. You could be the best teacher in the world. And if people have in their mind that they want something else or someone else, it doesn't matter. And you're, you having to hustle for their acceptance is only going to make you feel small, tiny, and insignificant. So show up with your, show up with your authenticity and confidence and love for yourself, no matter what comes your way, and you'll have a much better experience. And you know what, there may be that one person in that room who freaking loves you and who you made their day. And that's what matters. It's true. And I think, and it's, it's hard to find gratitude for that one person when we let ourselves get small Yep. in, in, out of fear and scarcity and not enoughness. And so, um, what would you recommend? What is like a nice practice besides therapy? Because we love therapy. Um, like <laughs> you guys should all be in therapy. We've talked about it so many times on this podcast, <laughs> how important it is. Every, everyone but needs it. Everyone needs it. Whether you have big traumas in your life or, or not, I feel like yep. a therapy has helped me get out of my own way in every aspect of life. Um, but what are some practices that you've, that you've maybe done? Because I know at least for me when I'm teaching, I still have to hype myself up, especially if I'm subbing. I'm like, I still have to oh, sit in my car in silence. Subbing is hard. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who, again, if you're a well-established instructor, it doesn't matter if you've been yeah. teaching for a million years, subbing is hard. Um, yep. And being able to, like, I have, I know for me, I have like my own routine where I sit in my car, turn on my music, or sometimes I sit in complete silence and kind of get ready for whoever is coming. I'm grateful for them. I'm, I've done the work. I'm prepared for to lead a great class. I will own my mistakes. Like I kind of walk through these mantras right before I teach, but what are some things that maybe you have done to help that confidence, not just grow, but then also sit in that gratitude before and after class? That's a really interesting question. I don't, I have kind of a journey to that question. If, if you can sit along the way with yeah. me, um, I actually ended up injuring myself and I actually don't know how I think, um, you know, as instructors in the world, you come into this um, really competitive world and you have to push yourself and you think you've got to be like 10 steps higher than your, your classes in order to give them a good workout and you've got to be perfect and hello hi my name's Tiffany I'm still recovering I'm a recovering perfectionist so I've been dealing with that for many years and I like to perform and so interesting enough I I 
gotten a few car accidents. It doesn't really matter either. One day I started being in pain and it hasn't gone away for years. So I've had to shift my complete mindset on uh, being a group fitness instructor and how I work out. And honestly, moving my body has been more of a emotional and therapeutic outlet than it has been to look a certain way. Uh, I found that when I was running in cross country in high school, that I could manage the anxiety I had in high school and the social pressures I felt when I went for a run. Often my mom, when I came home grumpy and moody, she'd hand me my running shoes and be like, (laughs) you need to go for a run. And I'm like, you're probably right. And (laughs) my husband does, my husband does the same thing. But one thing that I've had to learn is Through this injury, I couldn't push myself as hard. And I actually learned that I was pushing myself so hard that I was disconnected from my body, which we live in such a disconnected world from our bodies. Uh, Even when you're working out, even if you're lifting and improving your body and training and all that, you can be completely disconnected from what your body needs. So it taught me that I needed to slow down. And that I could no longer use this intense outlet to kind of numb my feelings anymore. And so I had to feel them. And so I got into the yoga world. And that world is really different from the um, Zumba body pump. It like all of a sudden, I, you know, I went from teachers who were like, the more you move, the more you burn. And, and um, we're going to burn off all these cookies to take a moment and breathe and feel where you feel it in your body and show your body gratitude. And today we're going to show up for ourselves. And I was like, what is this language? Like, I've (laughs) never heard this before. This is amazing. And as I dived into this, into my own journey, and a little side note, I won't go too far into this, but I've had to also experience some grief this past year with the passing of my mom and um, actually a few miscarriages. And so some other things on top of this chronic pain. And I'm realizing as I've done research in the therapy world, there is research that shows there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Koft. He's amazing. It's a pretty heavy book. Um, It can be a little bit triggering if someone's experienced uh, any abuse, but he dives into the research that how the body stores trauma. And it's not so much cognitive, it's a physical thing. And the way to process that trauma, and sometimes it shows up as chronic pain in our bodies, believe it or not. And they're starting to realize this is an actual neurological science theme. It's not just something they believe. And so I've dived into this world and had to realize that I'm not taking very good care of myself emotionally, physically, and mentally. So... I know I have a point where I'm going with this in regards to your question, (laughs) but I've had to slow down. I've had to connect with my body. And there's been times as a woman, we often live in this men's world where we, a men's cycle is you wake up every morning, your testosterone is high, you work out really heavy, you eat, you know, the foods you eat and you go to bed and you start over and you do the same thing 24 seven. But for a woman we have four different cycles throughout our actual cycle. So there's one week after our period where we're like, I feel energized and I can do these intense high fitness and I can go running. And then guess what? Right during, before your period and after, during your period, you better be walking 
and slowing down and saying, and so with this journey is it's taught me to listen to my cycles. It's taught me to listen to my body and it's made me a better fitness instructor to learn, to love my body, to not push it past its limits, to honor where my body is at emotionally and physically. And as I've been able to do that as an instructor, I feel like I'm able to create a class that helps does the same thing for my students as well. And to be able to show up when there is a hard class when you're subbing and to know maybe you don't take that class just because, you know, it's that big instructor and you might get that class or there's times and limits and boundaries you need to set for yourself, depending where your body is. And maybe you don't sub that class. You may have time for it, but maybe you're not feeling emotional. And maybe you say no to that class because emotionally, you know, it's going to rock you if no one shows up and that's just too much for you. So it's really shifted my mindset as an instructor to honor where I am at. And again, by doing so, I feel like I'm able to create a safer and better environment for my students to do the same. For sure. And I think it also teaches us empathy for where our mm-hmm. students are at. And then I think, like, I did a whole podcast interview on language. Um, yeah, like I love that one. Four. Oh, it's so yeah. good, right? Listen to it. But, loved it. <laughs> it's so good. Because I think... Why I know that some people might be motivated by, you know, like we're going to burn off all the cookies, but it's like, yeah. how is that? How is that helping our relationship mentally, emotionally, even around food? But then small things like I remember one time I went to a yoga class and and it was actually my sister teaching it. And I she said something that like blew my mind and I use it in every single class. It doesn't matter which format it was push where you can and honor your limits. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh my gosh, like being able to like encourage our bodies to be like, you know what, if I can go a little harder here, I will. But if I can't today, like that's okay. And being able to recognize like maybe honoring my limits doesn't mean just physically. Maybe it, like you said, like maybe it means something doesn't feel right. And being able to like step back, listen to my body. Maybe I had an injury that kicked up from high school and it's starting to feel it now. Like this might be a limit and I can, and it's okay to be able to respect that. And then same with, like you said, like as a group fitness instructor, being able to say no, being able to choose yourself. Um, And I know sometimes it feels selfish, especially if it's a situation like maybe you've worked really hard to get a class to take over for this giant instructor. But like you said, maybe you're not emotionally in a place where you can handle the rejection if someone hurts your feelings or handle if you show up to a class that was gigantic and all of a sudden it's empty because it's a new teacher. Like if we, I don't think we can serve in our best capacity in that place. Um, when we have to like go home crying and go home devastated. Um, and then we shouldn't have to, sorry, we we shouldn't have to hustle for our worth. That's when I started realizing that's when I needed to hold boundaries. If I felt like I was hustling for my worth or for something that was beyond my scope, that's when I was like, you know what, this is out of my league and I got to say no. Yeah. And it's okay to be able to say that, to be like, you know what, maybe this isn't the space, a space for me. And, and it takes a lot of courage, I think, to be able to acknowledge when we're in that place. 
And, but then overall, like when you leave and you're like, oh my gosh, I can breathe again. I can feel myself. I can be myself Yeah. when I'm not in that space, when I'm not trying to hustle for other people's approval. Um, yeah. And like you said, my own worthiness. I love that. And so with that, I would, off the air, I kind of mentioned, we've had a lot of requests. I've gotten a lot of messages about like, what do you do when you're injured? And I feel like this, mm. this really ties into that. I know a lot of instructors, um, because I've done it too, like I'll show up to a class completely injured. Mine are probably the most dramatic ones I've ever seen because <laughs> I've shown up to teach in like a boot. And I remember that. You remember, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've taught in a sling oh. and it's like, I almost would wear it like, you know what? I'm broken, but I'm still here, still showing up. Like as if it was something to be impressed with. It's almost like when people brag, like I'm running off of two and a half hours of sleep. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're going to have a heart attack. That's not yeah. a brag worthy thing. I worked through <laughs> I worked through all of Christmas and I haven't slept for 10 years. Like you should be proud. It's like, there's no badge like, of honor. No. I think Brene Brown talks about that. That's like mm -hmm. such a toxic culture that we have where it's like, I can't remember what she calls it, but she talks about that. Yeah. We Shout out to Brene. One day she'll listen yeah, I know. to this podcast. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but like, but that it's, it feeds into that toxic idea of, Mm -hmm. You know, like everything's going wrong, but I'm here to teach my class. And worse, when an instructors announce it, I've already taught three mm -hmm. classes today and I'm right back here. It's like, these are not things necessarily that I, I don't think we realize when it's coming out of our mouths, how toxic our language is and like what it could perpetuate, not only to our class, but like our brains are the ones listening the most. And so say that we go from teaching 82 classes a day to a massive injury that takes us out. And our language to ourselves has been, I'm a fighter. I show up when I'm broken. I, you know, like I don't need rest. Rest is for mm -hmm. the week. And all of a sudden you're put in this position where you have to rest, you have to recover. So what do you do first? Like, I, I would love to pick your brain about like, how, how do you cope with that? How do you heal this? Yeah. Um, and then how do we learn from it? Because I know that in group fitness, like we're, our bodies are our job. Um, like if our, if we're not healthy, we can't work. And so how do we continue to practice the self patience? How do we get there first? And then how do we practice it? So when times come, cause they will, that we have to step back. How do we build that in emotional mental resilience? Sorry, there's so many big questions right after you. <laughs> I love it. Bring it, bring it. My mind's ping-ponging, so let me see if I can slow it down and make sense. <laughs> let me start by saying I remember one time, and I will not say where this was or who this was, that I was, it was, it was definitely not you. Uh, it was, it was a boss at the time at a gym I was at, and I was, I think, puking or pregnant or something like where I was like, I can physically not teach. And I couldn't find a sub. And I remember my boss saying, if that doesn't matter, you better show up to class if you can't find someone. So unfortunately, I've actually switched gyms and found a gym that if I say can't find a sub, <laughs> you know, there's no way I'm showing up today. And they cancel class, which obviously is bad for numbers. It's not great for business. But I've had better to find a you. place that yeah, I was like, Oh, my gosh, thank you for but unfortunately, that's sometimes the culture we live in. Where it's like, I don't care if you're puking, you better get up on stage and perform. And it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, 
talk about, you know, just this pressure culture of, you know, you better do what you do no matter how you feel and don't honor your body. And what message does that send to our students? And the same thing you said about like, when a teacher comes up and says like, oh, I taught four classes today already. I guarantee you there's those poor students in your class who are thinking, I can barely get through one class and comparing themselves to that teacher thinking, well, if only I taught four and looked as fit as she did. And you're just now making them feel tiny and this big, small and feeling like their self-worth is down the toilet. So absolutely, those things matter. And unfortunately, we do have to combat this competitive pressure world uh, in the group fitness. How do we honor injuries? I will tell you how I've done my own honoring because I have had my own injuries I came from a mentality, I'm a very, as you know, but not everyone else may know, I am a high energy, run a little bit on anxiety, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) perfectionist performer, like, I thrive off of that, I thrive under pressure. So my group fitness looked like uh, Zumba and weightlifting, like really intense stuff. And it was like, if I didn't get that workout in, Um, I beat myself up, right? How many of you out there, you don't have to raise your hand, but when you're like, I didn't get a workout in today, I I feel crappy and I'm the worst person in the world because I didn't get that really intense workout in and you beat yourself up, right? Such an awful place to be. And I want to go back to that Tiffany again, hug her, maybe shake her a little bit and slap her and say, you're great just the way you are and you need to rest. And so... I've gone from, and I used to think like, oh, I can't do yoga because it really won't burn as many calories and I won't get a good workout in to now it's like, oh, I can't wait to do gentle yoga tonight. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to go for a walk today. Um, During the pandemic and with my injuries, I've had to do a lot of walks and I used to be a big runner. I was like, I ran a marathon one time and now it's, um, I aim for when I'm injured and when I'm feeling low, that I, if I need to move a little bit, I go for a short, small walk and get my body moving. And then there's other times where I think, you know what, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm going to do a gentle yoga class where I may not do anything at all other than stretching. And I've had to, again, really do a mind body connection. And what that's looked like for me is hot baths. I've even actually the other last Monday, I had a flare up. I filled up my tub full of ice cold water and dropped ice cubes in it and sat, sat in ice. And I've done that when I've been hit with intense anxiety. It sounds crazy. It works. I've, um, there's some cool theories and some interesting research. I know they're trying to do around chronic pain and injuries and how it's more emotionally connected than I'm not going to dive too much in it, but I've also done even journal writing where you, when I'm feeling a flare up, I actually will take a journal and write unfiltered. It's for no one to see, but myself, like swear words, everything I'm pissed and angry about, even if it's like five-year-old Tiffany raging and throwing an absolute tantrum, I just let it happen. And then I go shred it or I burn it. And it's amazing what that's helped my body let go of and help my injuries heal. 
And also during times of yoga, when I've had to really slow down, um, I now love savasana and meditation because in those moments when I have to sit and feel emotionally and physically and honor where I'm at, I actually will talk to my body and say, thank you for showing up today. I've pushed you so hard. You've been through a lot emotionally and physically. Like, thanks for always being there for me, no matter what, and always being there. And to honor and show gratitude to my body and talk to it. And one last thing is I actually do positive affirmations every day. I have a they're like mission statements slash affirmations. And I actually try to say them out loud to myself, whether I believe in that day or not, I say them out loud. And there is power, like you said, in what you say verbally, what you write down and what you tell your brain. If you tell yourself you're stupid because you messed up in the middle of a song in class, your brain's going to think you're stupid. Your confidence is going to go down. You're going to feel depressed. Guess what? I've been teaching for over 10 years. I still mess up in the middle of class. We all do. And I say, you know what? That's okay. And I let my, my students know, hey, I, even I mess up on songs. So join me along. Let's keep moving. We'll have fun. And guess what? I feel better about myself when I, I give myself some mercy, right? That was a long answer. Hopefully no, that it. answered it. That was it. a big question. No, it totally did. And I think being able to, to, well, first you touched on so many like awesome things. So first I fully believe I'm a huge believer that like chronic pain, injury, sickness is totally related to our mental, emotional state. I know that for me, I, I used to get sick a lot and I couldn't pinpoint it. Cause I was like, I'm doing everything right. I'm eating all the right things. I'm moving my body. I am eating my vitamins, like taking my vitamins. I don't, I couldn't pinpoint what it was until I realized it was stress that kept making me sick. And I was like, okay, so clearly that, and then also working out way too hard is just like added inflammation, added stress to the outside of my body, along with what was already in, at war within myself. Um, and so like, I fully believe that when we don't rest, when we don't take time to deal with emotional, mental things, it does reflect on our bodies a hundred percent. I'm like a full believer. And if anyone's listening and you're like, kind of sounds a little like woo woo or whatever, like explore it and, and ask yourself, like when you hit an injury, when you hit a time of sickness and stress being like, what else am I feeling in my body? I remember teaching um, foam rolling classes to my UPU yeah, classes, like awesome. we would do like a full two days of recovery. Um, and at first they like hated it. Cause it's like, they have that mentality, like we're not burning any calories, <laughs> but then yep. when you're foam rolling. I would like always introduce it being like, if you feel something in your body, like you stay there. If you feel that discomfort, sit in it for a minute. And sometimes you'll feel like a, like a weird giggle come out or like a, like a single tear will come out your eyes. <laughs> and it's like being able to like connect to that feeling for a minute and then acknowledge that there's like some kind of something in that muscle that we need to like sit in and deal with and feel with. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of cool to like hear you share that. But then also I love the idea of kind of giving ourselves affirmations and mission statements and a place to kind of train our brains in a way to build that healthy relationship with our bodies 
especially on days that we don't feel like it. I think that's super powerful. And I think it could benefit everyone along with therapy. (laughs) It actually rewires your brain. There's neuroscience behind it when you say affirmations out loud. So it's real. It's not woo-woo. I promise. It's science. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, What are some things that maybe you see in the fitness world that that you would like to touch on if there's because I know that you you came prepared for those who don't know like Tiffany like like she said we both run really well on anxiety and like over preparation but I loved it because she came to this episode or came to this interview like fully prepared with things that she wanted to touch on and so I'd love to open that for you um do you want me to touch on like staying in our own lanes as instructors before I dive into kind of like the big one that was on my mind? Okay. Um, yeah, I think you've talked about this in your uh, podcast already before. As a therapist, I think it's really interesting because oftentimes our students, we become close to our students. It's an intimate environment. When you do group fitness, you create, you create a bond. Yet, you know, and people may start feeling safe to tell you various things because they trust and admire you. And movement is medicine. And when people start moving and connecting with their bodies, they are going to start, they may have feelings that come up and things that emotions or memories that get jogged, right? And they may feel like they want to share things. Yet, you're still a teacher role, right? Um, It's a little bit tricky to balance because you're still a little step above as this teacher in this role model. You can still be friends, but you've got to be very careful and know that when someone confides in you and you don't know what your classmates or your students are going through, you may have someone going through divorce. You may have someone going through an eating disorder. You may have someone who just found out um, that they're infertile. You may have someone, you know, who just found out that their loved one died in their lives. It could be a million things that they come to class with. And they're there to maybe work through that to feel better to escape, right? And yet when those things happen, you can absolutely listen, validate, support, right? Yet if there's things that if they're suicidal and things that start getting big and heavy and traumatic, refer them out say, I am not a professional counselor. This sounds like you could use some support elsewhere. And, you know, if you're not sure who to refer them to, say there is a mental health hotline. We, and I could even give you one on here to, that instructors could yeah. share. There's a lot of resources out there. There is a suicide hotline. I've done a whole workshop on suicide prevention and how to navigate that. Um, when you are not a trained therapist, if someone is suicidal. So if there's anything that is concerning enough, refer them to a professional. And then if you see the next class, you know, you can, you could safely, you know, say, Hey, were you able to get the help that you need? But know that those are, that is your lane. Your lane is to love and support, but you're not there to therapize. You're not there to solve their problems. Um, you're not there to be that professional for them. You can create a safe, environment for them to heal and to move through whatever they're experiencing, but to stay in your lane as an instructor, right? And to provide that, um, hold those boundaries because it could be important 
because if you stay in your lane, you will ultimately be allowed to better help your students in the end. So that's one, that's one topic I was thinking about. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important too to recognize, like for those who, who don't know me outside of this, like just the fitness podcast, I know in my life, like trigger warning, I've had suicidal um, points in my life. And I do know that as somebody that has been in that space to be able to be like, when it, when you share with somebody that you're in that space, it's, it's so hard to even say that out loud. Right. And so if you can be that safe, safe, safe space. And like Tiffany said, like refer them out, but also be like, I see you and I'm sorry that you're, that you're there. And said, like, I think sometimes we get really shut down and fearful being like, I don't know what to do, but here, (laughs) like you can find a therapist. And so as long, I, I just wanted to just like add to like, definitely get that help for and but 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 be there to validate because I know that sometimes like it it depends on like where your person is at but they're trusting you and so to be like you know what I am so sorry that you're there validate their experience yeah and and sometimes it helps even to like prepare yourself a little bit and being like you know what there's a therapist like right down the street like let's call somebody or how can I how can I I don't know like what would you say there I, you, like you without, know, you bring up with, like, a yeah. boundary, but like being you careful up, with the you, language. You bring up a good point because I've been going through some things where uh, I'll just, I'll be transparent. I've been going through some infertility and it's been interesting the things people have said to me that have actually been really hurtful, but yet I understand that people don't know how to respond mm-hmm. or like my mom just passed away. Right. And again, people don't know how to respond to that. And so some of the best things I've been coaching my own family and friends through as I've gone through this own journey is to say, you don't have to know what to say. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is to say, I'm sorry, that sucks. That must be really hard. I don't know what to say, but I see you and I'm here for you. Yeah. And if you need further help, I'd be happy to help you find a professional to help you further and get better support. Or I can point you in the right direction. And if you don't, there's, you can Google, there's therapy accounts you can follow. Like there's so many resources out there if you want to help that person further, you know, but just acknowledging that you see them Mm -hmm. because it's worse to say nothing at all. And sometimes when people are uncomfortable with what's being told because it's a heavy emotion, people want to fix it. They want to dismiss it. They want to avoid it. Like, oh, you're going to be fine. Oh, I have hope for you. Or things are going to get better. You're stronger than this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're so strong. You've gotten through so much. Like, you're going to be just fine. Those actually can be really painful comments and more hurtful than helpful. So it's okay to say, I don't know what to say to that other than I see you. I'm here for you and I care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for adding on to that. Cause I think it's just important to hard emotions are hard and group fitness is a very vulnerable space for everyone. Yep. Um, it, and it's, it's a very courageous thing for somebody to be able to walk into a group fitness room in the first place as a student. And then more so when they feel so safe with you as the instructor to mm-hmm. share something so hard. And just like Tiffany said, you don't have to fix it. Like, please don't fix it. Just, just love them. And, and even that in itself can set a boundary. So you, you have space to like process this. Cause sometimes they'll come and talk to you like right after a big, like 
you're like on you're like super high being like I feel amazing (laughs) and they drop this like really heavy stuff on you and you don't it's not yours like you don't have to take that upon yourself but it's okay to let it like make room in your heart for that person and let them know that they are seen in fact if you don't have good boundaries what ends up happening Brene Brown talks about this is that you can have better compassion and empathy for people when you hold boundaries. If you're the person who feels like you have to fix everything and take on the problems of the world, you're going to become exhausted, burnt out and resentful, and then you will be not compassionate. Right? So the one thing they teach us is, you know, with being a therapist is we have to have boundaries. There's been times where I've taken on some really hard clinical cases that are heart wrenching. And no matter how much I'm trying to help and support, they are choosing different things that are more hurtful and painful. And I've had to go to my own supervisor and be like, what do I do with this? And he goes, you know what? You've done all you can. You're going to have to take a step back and let them choose what they're choosing. And I'm like, oh, that's so hard though. And I have to go home and be able to put it on a shelf and say, you know what? I'm sending love their way and I've done all I can. And I'm so sad for where they're at, but I need to be able to sleep tonight and move forward with the next scene. And it sounds, and be a mom and and focus on my own self care because if I try to stay up at night, solving that problem and trying to help someone who's not willing to help themselves, I'm going to be burnt out and I will no longer be able to help people. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And now I would love to go into the big one because it kind of all connects all the whole the whole thing connects which I love I love that you've prepared so much but this has been something that Tiffany was like super passionate about and so yeah go for it send it on Um, I'm a very passionate person that's why I love Um, you so much I go all in but I think you and are very similar that way Um, (laughs) I think the biggest thing I want to leave instructors with is to first of all teach people to connect to their emotions with their bodies in class, rather than avoid and push past their limits, help them be aware when the, where and when they're feeling things in their bodies. It doesn't matter what format you're doing. You can say, if you're feeling like you can push a little harder, do if it's too much for you, then take a step back, start classes with, I'm going to give you suggestions and options and you choose where you want to be and where you need to be rather than push harder, only five more, you know, the harder you push, the more calories you burn, get rid of that language. Right. So, or worse when people are like, you're okay. It's like, you don't yeah. know, don't say that, but yeah, being no able way. to say, this is your body, your workout. Yep. You get to decide, empower your class and empower your students, empower yourself to know that if you're up there at front, and you can't do a certain move, you can say, you know what, I have an injury today. So I'm going to modify this for myself. But if you want to take it to this level, you can. And you're setting that example to them of what it looks like to connect to your body and do that self care. Teach people to love their bodies, not to punish their bodies for what they ate or what they did the next day. Teach them to feel gratitude for their bodies. And how amazing our bodies are. The the human body is mind-blowingly amazing. What it does, it heals itself. Mm -hmm. It creates antibodies. I mean, it's unreal. So use language of gratitude in your class. 
And that way you can create a safe environment for people who can, who could, let me rephrase this. When you do this, you can create a safe environment in your class for people to start healing without even having to talk about what they're going through or even knowing what's going on in their lives. And the best way to do this is to start with yourself. When you start doing these things for yourself, you can then set an example for your class and create this safe healing environment because movement is medicine. There's research behind it. It's therapeutic. And when you can start doing this, you can start combating the diet culture, the body image culture, the pressure culture, and you can start advocating for people's mental health and for people to start healing and loving where they are in their bodies, in their life. It's so good. It's so good because it's, and I, I try and emphasize to our listeners, like we have so much power. We have mm-hmm. so much influence and we, and so much impact that we can create. And so if we can start doing that, that inner work, do start doing the things that we can to practice that in ourselves, it's so much easier for our classes to connect to their bodies. It's so much easier for them to learn that we're human too, and that they are allowed to be human, that they are allowed to not go on like high energizer bunny at all times, that even the energizer bunny probably takes a nap off screen um, and that they can too. And I think it's, it's just a beautiful opportunity for us to have that invitation to connect to your bodies. Like we're here to promote health and fitness. We're not here to promote unhealthy, toxic culture. Like we have so much power to do such good things in this industry. And so just do it, (laughs) do the things. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, No, I think that was was kind of my, that was my big home run right there for you that I really feel felt inspired to share as a therapist slash group fitness instructor, love your bodies, teach your students to love theirs, create a safe environment to heal. Yeah. And then do you want to leave us again with how we can find you? Yes, absolutely. I'm just going to direct you towards um, my Instagram. Yeah. Everything um, that Tiffany shares, like with the books that she mentioned, um, as well as her Instagram and stuff. I'm going to be linking those in the show notes and hopefully some Brene Brown books that we can like throw into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll put those on the show notes. So definitely reach out, but tell us your Instagram again. Oh, real quick. There is one yes. book I want to throw out that even though you don't, you may not be a yoga instructor. I think it's a worth looking at. It's called overcoming trauma through yoga. It's written by David Emerson, who worked with uh, Dr. Bessel van der Koft about, um, they found that yoga actually um, helps people overcome depression more than antidepressants. So anyways, it's a really good resource to, and it talks about what language to use in just even a yoga class when you're unsure if people have trauma or things like that. It's just a great resource. You don't have to be a yoga instructor. It could just really guide you on how to have better language in your class and provide a safer environment for maybe people who come through the door who are struggling. So anyways, I wanted to throw that out there, but you can find me at real talks with Tiff is my big 
mental health, fitness, mind body connection, Instagram, that's open to everybody and, um, and tips on how to meditate, move your body, work through grief. I share some personal things on there as well. What's worked for me. Um, and so I really, again, I'm trying to share the knowledge that I've gained over the many years, 10 plus years as a clinical, you know, clinical therapist and a group fitness instructor. And personally through my own life, I feel like mental health is a big topic, but it's important because people have been through a lot these past couple of years and lots of people's mental health are struggling and this stuff should be available for everybody. And so if you're looking for tips, it is not a replacement for therapy. I do want to give that out. If you need a therapist, I recommend you go find one. If you need help finding a therapist in your area, you can definitely go online. There's ways to research and find it. You can reach out to um, even me on the page. And if you tell me your area, I'm sure I could find some connections and steer you in the right direction. The page is not to replace therapy. It is to give you some tools and resources to help you in your life. But if there are things outside of this scope, know that you need to seek professional help. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it will just help us get out of our own way to be able to better serve other people. Um, And with that, I think it's important to hit these are all just pieces of the big giant puzzle of our lives, emotional health, mental health, physical health, um, spiritual health. It's all, they're all aspects that, that function better when we focus on all of them and that are all just essential. We can't just give everything to one piece, but the more we can educate ourselves on all of them, especially just for, even if it's just for ourselves, like the better people we're going to be, the happier people. And again, the more we will be able to serve others who need our light, others who need our influence. And so I love that. Tiffany, you've just been wonderful. Thank you so much for, for spending time with us this morning. And I, I can't wait for everyone to hear this episode. And for those listening, if this episode has resonated with you, if it if it was helpful in any way, please share it. Please tag myself and Tiffany. Sharing is caring and being able to also share this message with maybe it's maybe it's your class members. Um, whoever it may be that you feel could benefit from this episode, please share it. And we will see you on the next one.